It's combine time. Prospective players for the 2024 NFL Draft will get the chance to show off their skills. For the Eagles, we'll talk about what I think are the team's biggest needs and some prospective players to watch for. We'll talk Eagles news including coaches, roster moves, and some clapbacks at Philly Media. All that and more on this week's episode of 2nd and 15. What's up, everyone, and welcome to Second and 15, a Philadelphia Eagles fan podcast. This is your host, Michael Roscoe, and this week I'm coming to you from a different room than my usual little closet converted studio at home. Um, a couple of family members wanted to see me do this live, so I moved my stuff into the room for the night. So this will be a little fun opportunity for me to have a little live audience never had that before so we're gonna go right on into what we're gonna talk about today so we are gonna obviously go over some eagles slash nfl news and then we're gonna dive into the biggest topic i have for this week the 2024 nfl combine Starting off with some NFL news, the NFL extends the salary cap for teams to $255.4 million for the upcoming season, which will give the Eagles around $32 million in cap space to work with at this current moment. Of course, various moves such as contract extensions or restructures, releases, etc. can free up some additional cap space, but we'll have to wait and see what moves will be made at this time of the year. It can be pretty unpredictable. In Eagles news, the Eagles announced their finalized coaching staff for the upcoming season this past week, including some names we've mentioned in previous episodes, such as offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, defensive coordinator Vic Fangio, and Clint Hurt. Other names include returning coaches such as Michael Clay for the special teams, Jeff Stoutland, offensive line and run game coordinator, and Jamal Singleton, the running backs coach, as well as some new coaches such as Doug Nussmeyer for the quarterbacks, Joe Casper for safeties, and Bobby King for inside linebackers. A full list of coaches can be found on the Eagles website. With some roster moves, the Eagles signed tight end Albert Okuwebunam to a one-year extension, avoiding losing him in free agency. Now, I'm not necessarily mad about this move, but I'm not as excited as I could be solely because the decision-making for his playtime was weird after acquiring him through a trade last year. He's not a bad player. He is a big physical dude. He's got a lot of upside, performed very well when he was with Denver. But I don't understand why we made a random trade for him to barely use him in the regular season. Now, that could be because Brian Johnson was just a bad coordinator or they decided to go ahead with Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra over it. I don't know. I think we looked at him as like the tight end two going into the season once we got him, and it just kind of didn't pan out the way I expected. I just expected more action, I guess. I don't know. But um, we will see how his next year goes with Philly as he avoids the free agent market. In our final piece of Eagles news for this week before moving on to the topic of the Combine, Eagles wide receiver A.J. Brown claps back at Philly Radio. He called into WIP 94 to set the record straight Amidst all the rumors being spread about his presence in Philly, locker room talks, environment, attitude, a bunch of other bullshit that just went all across Philly media and radio for absolutely no seemingly obvious reason. So he goes in, he calls the show, right? Like just, you know, a casual phone call as if he's calling a best friend or whatever. 
and he calls the show to clear things up, and he expresses his side with emotion yet class. For example, one of his quotes states, You guys are supposed to support Philly, but you aren't. Why make up so many rumors, some that aren't even real rumors? You made up rumors and people ran with it. I'd be pissed too. Like, you know, he's not chewing them out, cussing them out, all that kind of stuff. He's keeping it real. He has the tendency to be a real straightforward kind of person. And I think that's why people on the team see him as a leader. So I don't know why that is such a bad personality trait to the media. I I don't know. I think it's stupid, in my opinion. But additionally, he provided some assurance to Philly fans, which thank God, but the reality of the case is he wasn't going anywhere because of the contract. But for those who were thinking otherwise, this is a little assurance. Um, He says, I want to be an eagle. Simple as that. And why would I not be happy here? He's happy there. I mean, yes, he's had his frustrations. We've seen the sideline bantering conversation, all the stuff that just got blown up absolutely out of proportion for no fucking reason. Just because, you know, the media wants some clout or something like that. But I just got to say that I'm proud of him. Not only for sticking up for himself, but for his team and the city of Philadelphia. Like he mentioned during that conversation, he holds people accountable, including himself. And that's what makes him a leader, not a diva or a complainer or any of the negative bullshit rumors that were spread about him. He's not one to throw people under the bus or talk down upon. When it seemed like he was being baited into a discussion about his relationship with Jalen Hurts, he said it was none of their business. And frankly, he's right. It ain't nobody's damn business but their own. Best friends have fights, disagreements, make up, ball out together. It's how it goes. Like, have you never had that kind of relationship with your best friend? You just get into an argument, some friends might blow it out of proportion, then you make up. It happens. It's called life. I don't know why some Philly media went with this route on A.J. Brown. Was it for clout, clickbait, likes, attention, to fill some voids due to the fact that there's not as much to report on right now? Whatever it was, it was stupid, and I'm glad that A.J. set the record straight. All right, now we're going to shift away from some news and focus on tonight's main conversation, the 2024 NFL Combine. And... By the time this episode airs, it'll be Thursday, so if I say it today, think about it as Thursday, you know. The Combine starts day one of its four-day event today, showcasing live drills for the defensive line and linebacker position, starting at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Friday at 3 p.m. will feature defensive backs, tight ends. Saturday will feature quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. And finally, Sunday will feature offensive linemen and special teamers. Now, honestly, I think we're pretty set with special team considering we have Jake Elliott, the GOAT of kickers, Braden Mann, who performed exceptionally well, especially better than Aaron Sipos, and Rick Lovato, who's just been there and reliable and been there forever. Um, So I'm not going to focus so much of the conversation on special teams positions. I'll talk about what I think are our biggest needs in order, and then a couple of players that come to mind that Philly could draft if they were to draft this position within the first round or two. Keep that in mind. Obviously, I know we're not going to get all the guys or maybe even any of these guys that I'm going to talk about, but if I'm looking at it from the perspective of, okay, we have a first-round pick, we have two second-round picks, here's an ideal situation, and here's some players to look out for. So here is my order of positions ranked from most to least needed. Starting off with most needed is, and I hope everyone agrees with me on this, 
is linebacker, specifically off-the-ball linebacker. Next, we have safety, followed by corner, offensive line, edge, wide receiver, defensive line, running back, quarterback, and tight end. Now, obviously, will we address all those positions in the draft? Very, very unlikely. So I'm going to talk about my top six. Well, I've tried to make it top five, but I had some thoughts about a couple other positions that I've been teetering with, so I made it a top six. So the top six positions we'll focus in tonight's discussion will be linebacker, safety, corner, offensive line, edge, and wide receiver. The first position we're going to look at, linebacker. The Eagles haven't drafted an off-ball linebacker in the first round since Jerry Robinson in 1979. Within this past decade alone, Philly just does not seem to invest in this position as much as they should. And it was fucking obvious. Like, our linebacker core was just abysmal. And it really didn't have to be. Like, it did not have to be this crazy, this insane. I don't know what Howie's beef is with the linebacker position, but it is one that needs solid investment. Look at teams that have solid investments in their linebackers. 49ers with Warner and Greenlaw. Um, The Ravens with Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith. They were in the best part of the playoffs leading up to the Super Bowl because of investments in positions that were absolutely needed which in recent times is the linebacker position. We had Nicobe Dean, Zach Cunningham, Nicholas Morrow, Sean Bradley, Christian Ellis, and Shaq Leonard holding down the fort. Not my bingo card all-star roster of interior linebackers, if I'm being frank. Bradley was injured out for the season before the season even began. Dean was played with injuries all season. He broke one foot and then broke the other or something like that. I don't know how you do that in the same season but um (laughs) it is it is um and then cunningham and morrow they missed time with various injuries and then we lost uh ellis to the patriots and free agency and then we didn't pick up shaq leonard till a little later in the season leonard morrow and bradley are also set to be free agents going into the season the Eagles need to seriously consider making some high level free agency moves for a powerhouse veteran or look to the draft to find a couple young athletic interior linebackers. I think it's time we end the drought. Now, would it be a shock if the Eagles drafted a linebacker in the first round? Absolutely. And do I think it's going to happen? Probably not. But at the very least, we have two picks pretty early in the second round. So I would say use those on at least one linebacker, for God's sakes. Um... Because even if it's not in the first round, good interior linebackers have been found in later rounds. For example, the Warner-Greenlaw duo, they were drafted in the third and fifth rounds, respectfully. Matt Milano of the Bills was found in the fifth round. So it's possible. But then again, you have guys like Roquan Smith and Levante David who were drafted within the first two rounds. The Eagles have picks 22, 50, and 53 within the first two rounds, which means there's a good chance we can still draft a top five interior linebacker um, outside of the first round. My top picks to watch for in this combine are Jaron Cooper, Junior Colson, 
Peyton Wilson and Jeremiah Trotter Jr. And just as a disclaimer, I'm probably going to butcher a lot of these names, so just bear with me. I think most of y'all who watch football, pay attention to the draft, college football, etc., will know a lot of these guys that I'm going to mention. But specifically with Jeremiah Trotter Jr., he has already met with the Eagles in a pre-draft meeting, and if that name sounds familiar... You are probably around my age because you watched his dad play football. So I don't know if that's aging myself a little bit, but his dad, Jeremiah Trotter Sr., played for the Eagles in like the 2000s. And I grew up watching him play linebacker and dude was a beast. So I think it's only fair that we get his son, you know, move some things around if we have to. Is it going to be the most like desirable thing we do the most like absolute number one thing we gotta fucking do probably not but it it, i feel like it's fate at this point that we get uh jeremiah trotter jr moving on from linebacker we're gonna look at the safety position now i have this at number two for this reason that i'm about to go into this is a much needed position that has been plagued with injuries this past season we started off the season with terrell edmonds justin evans breed blankenship and sydney brown in our safety depth chart Edmonds really didn't pan out, so we traded him for Kevin Biard, who didn't seem to live up to the hype that he was given, and I gave him some hype too, so I'm not going to be super hypocritical about it, but he didn't live up to the hype that he was given when the trade was initially made. Justin Evans stayed injured for most of the season. Reed Blankenship, he played well. He, dude can ball out. Vanilla, Vanilla Nice is good, but he suffered from his fair share of injuries as well. And rookie defensive back Sidney Brown definitely showed some promise and potential, especially with a 99-yard pick-six touchdown against the Cardinals. However, he was rotated between safety and corner due to injuries across the DB locker room itself, and he suffered a season-ending ACL tear in Week 18. Now, with Vic Fangio as the new defensive coordinator, I anticipate improvement, or I fucking hope so at least, because nothing could be worse than the defense that we had this past year. But anyway... I anticipate improvement in the secondary. However, injuries don't discriminate against talent, and we need powerful depth at the position if we want to see success. So my top draft picks looking into this position to watch for in the combine are Cameron Kinchins, Tyler Newbin, Kalen Bullock, Cole Bishop, and Javon Bullard. Now, I have an asterisk by him because Bullard is a safety corner hybrid out of the University of Georgia. And if we all know anything about the Georgia Bulldogs, how he loves to draft them in his defense. The third most needed position I have on my list is the cornerback. It has been 22 years since the Birds have drafted a corner in the first round, and that dates all the way back to 2002 with Lido Shepard. While we have plenty of players at this position, it comes with some downsides. Darius Slay has got some left in the tank, but he's going into, I think, his 12th or 13th season, so we don't know how much he has left. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but, you know, as you get older, you think about retirement, you think about a lot of things, and it could possibly impact your playing. James Bradbury is coming off of a terrible 2023 burnt toast season, yet will remain with the Birds per his contract he signed at the beginning of this past season. Now, we do have Isaiah Rogers available this year as well, coming off that year suspension. And, you know, there is some upside. He is a good kick returner too, punt returner, something like that. But I'm totally, I'm not totally sure of what his potential may be. But so far, there's expected upside to the corner room with his return to play. 
Additionally, we have Avante Mannix, Eli Ricks, and Keely Ringo, some of whom have had their own injury problems. Now, rumors have been floating around about trading for a top-level corner like Pat Sertan or Legereus Sneed, who on Wednesday was granted permission to seek a trade by the Chiefs and has been named a top potential landing spot for the Eagles. However, if Howie decides to break the drought, this would be the year to do it to draft a corner in the first round. And my top picks to look at at this position are Quinion Mitchell, Kool-Aid McKinstry, Nate Wiggins, Tarion Arnold, and Cooper DeGene. Now, I'll go in a couple notes about these. Tarion Arnold, high football IQ, an interception machine. I would love to have this dude on our team. He might go earlier, so I anticipate that we don't get him. And on kind of a wild card, I really like Cooper DeGene. Now, he is not going to partake in the combine this year, so we're going to have to wait a little bit before you know the world kind of sees what he can do for those who aren't familiar with university of iowa football he some call him like the number one corner in the draft you know that might be a little bit of a stretch i don't have a personal opinion on that necessarily but i think it would be a smart pick for the eagles because even if they move him to safety that would be advantageous for the eagles because we're struggling at safety as well and you know he is pretty decent in press coverage he can return kicks as well. He's fast. He's can read plays really well, really quick, and anticipate what's coming. And is also an interception machine. So I I would love to have him on the team, uh, but we'll see what happens in the draft. The next position of need I have is offensive line. Now Howie has been one to seek out high caliber players in the trenches for first round picks. And with one of the best offensive lines and offensive line coaches in the league, the Eagles aren't afraid to do what they need to do to secure that title. With Lane Johnson's age and injury history, along with the unknowingness of where Jason Kelsey's career is going to lie, I would not put it past them to seek an offensive lineman in the first or second round. Especially considering that Sua Opeta and Jack Driscoll are also said to be free agents, if we lose them, we're going to lose some depth at very important positions that we will need to fill if we want to maintain our title of best O-line in the league. Some top players to watch out for in various O-line positions, including Tyler Guyton, Jackson Powers Johnson, Joe Alt, I'm going to butcher this name, I'm sorry, dude, Talise Fuaga, and J.C. Latham. Now, kind of sidetracking, if we were to get Joe Alt, there would be the potential to have two six foot eight tackles on our offensive line with Jordan Mailata. Now they both play left tackle, but I don't see why Joe Alt couldn't switch over to the right if he needed to. That would be a monstrous line. That's like two rooks on a chessboard at the end, but they're like three times taller than what the normal chess piece size are. The next position we're going to talk at is the edge. Philly loves a good edge rusher, and so do I, to be honest. But the reason I graded edge rusher as less of a need from offensive line is a couple of reasons. Now, it doesn't mean it's not an important need. It certainly is. I just think offensive line may have a slight uptake in the need. We have good edge rushers returning with Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat. Year 2 edge rusher Nolan Smith showed promise but was underutilized in DeSai's uh, defensive scheme, so we could see an increase in playtime and performance from Smith going into this year if Vic Fangio uses him correctly. However, if we do go edge rusher in the first round and Hassan Reddick's contract situation works out in our favor, 
we could see some 2022 level numbers in sacks, hurries, pressures, and more, and make our defensive line a force to be reckoned with again. Some top players to look at in this year's combine include Dallas Turner, Leitu Latu, Chop Robinson, and Jared Verse. And finally, the last position of need for this week's episode is the wide receiver. The Eagles have one of the best wide receiver duos in the league with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. However, the wide receiver three position is not at the talent level fans want to see. Even with Quez Watkins' speed, his ability to catch has been called into question, and he's had a lot of blunders, including fumbles, missed catches, bad routes, etc. Julio Jones had a slight bump up in his performance at the end, but is also on the older side, and the team may want to keep the wide receiver core young. Alamene Zacchaeus is reliable and was by no means a liability during the 2023 season, especially with his clutch touchdown catch on a 3rd and 15 situation against the Bills. Plus, who knows if we even will be able to maintain Quez or Alamade since they're unrestricted free agents this year as well. However, if there's potential to snag a high-level young receiver to pair with Brown and Smith and keep on a rookie contract, I would not be surprised if they went that direction as opposed to keeping Watkins or Zacchaeus. Now, for the players, I kind of broke them down into two categories because there's a lot of wide receivers who have first-round capabilities but a lot of teams who are also looking to get wide receivers. So expect them and quarterbacks to go off the board pretty quickly. But some top players to look um, for are Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Rome O'Dunzi, and Brian Thomas Jr. However, Harrison and Neighbors will not test in the combine, but they are probably the top two wide receiver draft picks. Now, players that realistically could go to the Eagles that are worth watching could be Xavier Worthy, Jermaine Burton, and Ladd McConkie out of Georgia. You know, another bulldog, so who knows? That could work out. All in all, the draft is very unpredictable. There's thousands upon thousands of mock drafts and analysts, you know, coming up with billions of combinations that all are never perfect. You know, one team decides to make a trade last minute. Another team decides to sign a veteran and then kind of switch around their draft picks. You know, teams drafting positions that were not anticipated. It's a hot mess. So April is when the draft occurs, and that's when we will know exactly what we will get. But, of course, I like to look at the combine and the need for the team and see what happens, you know. We we got a lot of position voids to fill, a lot of needs on the team, and hopefully Howie and the rest of the team Make these good decisions in April. And in April, we will talk about that as the draft comes close. Well, everyone, that concludes this week's episode of Second and 15, a Philadelphia Eagles fan podcast. If you are still with us, I highly appreciate you listening. And if you liked this episode and want to listen to the previous episodes, you can check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Player FM, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on social media on Facebook by searching 2nd and 15, a Philadelphia Eagles fan podcast, and on Instagram by searching 2nd and 15, that's 2ndand15. And please don't forget to like, share, rate, subscribe, or whatever you can do to support the show in any way. We appreciate all the support that we can get.
Once again, thank you everyone for listening and tune into the combine this weekend to see what these potential draft picks look like. And maybe we'll see some surprises. Maybe we'll see pretty much what we expected. I don't know. That's the beauty of it. But we'll take a look and see what goes on. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay fly like an eagle and go birds.